Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. So to start off this podcast, I just want to share a little something that I wrote. I love to write, whether it's journaling or writing poetry, and I do some music writing. So I kind of wrote this as if it would be a spoken word um, poem, and I'm going to share it with you all. This is a thank you. A thank you to you who provides our water and land, for setting the stage for our homes and yielding the goods to construct them, for enduring our endless rampage, humankind's attempt to decimate your limited and precious gifts. Thank you for being our motherly embrace, a supportive embrace as you raise us up on your waves or lift us high atop your mountains, or a calming embrace that can guide us through the storm or hold us close in the deepest of valleys. To you, Mother Earth, for being the reason I breathe, no matter how scarred and burned your lungs become from my pollution. To our future relationship, that we may recognize our tragedy and work as a species to attempt to nurture and repair the damage we have done, that we may come together as a human team in full force to attempt to change our bearing, to avoid a future where the only jungles we know are of concrete and the food isn't raised on a farm but in a lab, a future that has been depicted in countless screenplay or Pixar film. This is my plea to you to have haste. What part can you play in the restoration and preservation of our human home? This is my letter to the earth. And the reason I wrote this is because one of our partners, Vivo Barefoot, who, of course, we chat about a lot because we love their shoes, but the reason that Jen and I love them and connect with them even more is because of their purpose. This is the reason they exist, to continue to try and do things better, to continue to try and push the needle in how we treat our environment and how we treat our earth and how we utilize its resources. So I would encourage any of you to Think about what you might say to the earth. Write down your own letter. Say it out loud in free form. Anything. You can go to the link down below, letterstotheearth.com, and join in this movement of becoming more aware of how we're utilizing the resources that we have around us so that they can be around in 10 years, in 50 years, or even 100 years. And while you're at it, Vivo, of course, is a company that is supporting this movement. So you can always support them by going and buying a pair of Vivos and getting your 15% off. We've had a code change. So make sure you use code T-O-B so that you get 15% off. That is T-O-B like the Optimal Body Podcast. But the focus is letters to the earth becoming more aware of how you utilize those resources so that we can move together as a human team and better take care of our home. Let's head into the podcast. Welcome back to another PT Pearl. So I'm excited today we are talking about IT band syndrome. And this one is so common in terms of when people complain about knee pain and what's happening. So we're going to dive into all the goodies and why that might be happening in your body. So what is the IT band? It is the iliotibial band because it goes from this big bone on our side, the iliacus or the iliac crest, all the way down to the tibia, which is the bone um, just below the knee. So it's this huge, huge layer of dense, dense fascia that a bunch of muscles attach into and a lot of forces work through. And why do we have the IT band? So the IT band was really, you know, created over time in this thickness as humans, we walk 
forward and backward, right? I mean, yes, we want to move side to side and we do at times, but it's not our main force of how we move. So locomotion wise, we go forward and back. And so the IT band was really built on the side of our body to help like kind of fight off the forces of falling to the side. So instead of just having that hip or that knee or that leg fall to the side, that IT band is kind of there to structurally help support you and keep you moving forward. Yeah. Anytime you lift one leg up and you're kind of standing on one leg, the IT band is basically taking all of that force through the whole thing. Of course, you know, we have our glute and our lateral muscles that are kind of helping keep us up, but to prevent us from tilting right over. So why do people feel pain through this thing so much? So the most common thing is that it's known as like a friction injury. So you kind of get right at the knee. So right where that IT band, again, that thick layer of that connective tissue, that fascia, if we look at it um, anatomy wise, it's just going to look like this white layer of tissue. <laughs> and that's going to go down on the side of the knee. And then again, like Dom said, attach lower into that lower leg. Well, when it crosses that knee joint right there, that's where a lot of people end up feeling that friction and that pain and that rubbing. And we can even sometimes touch the side. And when you extend or, or bend and move and extend that leg, that lower leg and kind of straighten that knee, that's when you start to feel that pain or say that you step down and uh, down from a step or up on a step. And again, we touch and we put pressure on that side of that knee while it's doing it and you say, oh, that is exactly my pain. That's usually how we diagnose IT band syndrome. Yeah. And then everyone will ask or, okay, say that that's great. Now, how do I fix it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing that is really difficult to kind of dice through because we just said it's this huge, huge layer of fascia or tissue that runs down our leg. And there are so many big, big muscles that attach directly into it or are at work around it. So up in our hip, we've got our glutes, our big glute max on the back that really extends the leg, our glute meds that are on the side of the hips that rotate the hip and also work on moving our leg outward, our tensor fascia latte, like, Coffee you're, muscle. like you're sipping on a latte that is an internal rotator of the hip that also attaches into it. Also, we have our quads, these big, big muscles on the front of the leg that extend the knee or our hamstrings that flex or bend the knee back, those might not attach directly into the IT band, but they attach right on the lateral side of the leg. And the way fascia works, if there are things pulling at different fascial planes on the lateral side of the leg, also right by that IT band, they're going to put different forces through. So like I said, a lot of the biggest muscles in our legs all attaching into or right around this IT band. Right. And so that's why a lot of people then say, well, let me just foam roll it out. Let me take a foam roller mm. and and try to just get into that IT band and roll out. Stretch it out. And break, break up, up that fascia layer. <laughs> break up the tissue. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Unless someone is, um, what are those huge trucks? A Semi truck? A steamroller. A steamroller. Yes. So unless someone is taking a steamroller to your side, you're probably not going to affect that fascial tissue into that IT band at all. Yeah, I think something else would probably give before the IT band gave <laughs> yeah. if we brought a steamroller around. So don't try that at home, folks. No, please don't. No. <laughs> but so then people will say, okay, again, 
then how do I start to dice through what my issue well, is? Well, why don't we say like first, why isn't that working? Why isn't that effective? So why isn't it effective to use these foam rollers or whatever? Because some people might say, hey, I do it and it feels better for a little yeah. bit, you know? And okay, great. It does feel better because although we're not breaking up any fascial tissue or breaking up anything or elongating that IT band, we are still getting a mechanical effect into the muscles and into the nerves that are in that area. All tissue work, all soft tissue or manual work is going to have an effect on what our brain is perceiving in that area. So we get this process called mechanical gating where, okay, when something hurts, we rub it and it distracts our brain to say, it's okay, let's calm things down in that area a little bit. But a lot of the times that's just for a short-lived time. Again, not that that's not effective if or can't be effective if done really thoughtfully and then followed up with some other investigation into how the muscles at the hip are working and then maybe strengthening in certain areas, maybe working on different stability that might be that underlying cause as to why we were getting that friction in the first place. And I just want to say for some people, it doesn't feel good. So if you are rolling on your IT band because you think that's going to be the fix and you're like, it is so painful, I'm wincing, I'm hurting, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and where I like to usually guide people in, if you do want a foam roll, because again, getting that stimulation, getting that touch, getting that mm -hmm. feedback into the muscle tissue and allowing that that reduction of tension. Again, it's not breaking up scar tissue, but if we can help fluids to move a little bit better, if we can help to decrease that stimulation and that feeling of tightness, which is essentially what we're doing, start at the quad, okay? Start at the front of the thigh, start at the back of the thigh, and don't go directly on the IT band because for a lot of people, that's a super sensitive area. And there's no need, because again, we're not elongating or breaking up that IT band, so there's no need to be directly on that tissue. And another thing I like to bring up, like uh, one of my professors in biomechanics, Dr. Lin, shout out, he would always talk about too, if this is a friction syndrome, meaning it's a rubbing, why are we then creating more friction and rubbing by yeah. doing the foam roller or, or rolling onto that IT band, you know, a, a lot? Why are we doing that and creating more friction on a friction type syndrome? Yeah, we have to find the things that are going to help take the tension out of there mm -hmm. and sometimes addressing the muscles that are putting the tension into that area in the first place is a great start. Yeah. So then another thing that we want to look into is, again, why are we having that rubbing or that uncontrolled rubbing? You know, in a lot of, in a lot of instances, I think it's a control issue as to how the leg is operating in general mm -hmm. and as a whole. You know, people will point up to the hip and say, oh, we've got to work on the hip muscles. Yeah, we should know how our glutes are working, how our adductors or the muscles on the inside of our leg are working on the inner thigh and all the way down through the foot. How is that impacting the way that our foot is rotated while we're walking or while we're stepping through that? Because trust me, we are habitual beings. And if we do something a thousand or 10,000 times a day, that's what starts to create these different habits and different tensions through our leg. So becoming aware of our own habits and trying, address, trying to address why we may be putting pressure through that in a certain way is a great place to start. And that's why I like to say, because then a lot of people say, well, I don't know how am I, like, am I too far out? Am I too far in? Am I, am I walking the, the correct way? And, and it gets really stressful, right, to say, well, I don't know how to increase my awareness and what should I be paying totally. attention to? And so that's where I like to just say, okay, what have you been neglecting? 
Like, let's take out what's moving correctly and how should it be moving and what's the right way and wrong way and all of that. Let's take that off the table. Mm-hmm. Let's just think about have you even become aware of your toes and what they're doing outside of walking, outside of anything. Can they separate? So look at your hand, see how your fingers can separate. Well, honestly, the toe should be able to do that separation as well. And if that's a super difficult thing, this is the thing that you then get to just start adding in because the muscles of the toes also connect all the way down through the foot. And if we can help to bring that connection back into the bottom of the foot, we help to bring the connection all the way up the chain. Well, and when we talk about those toe muscles, like some of them actually come all the way up and connect almost up into the knee. And so that's something you can be aware of at the toe. One thing that I like to talk people into is just standing on one leg. Mm -hmm. Because we mentioned right away that standing on one leg, the IT band is one of the things that was developed so that we don't fall right over. So if you come and stand on one leg, does the hip that you're standing on or the leg that you're standing on, does that hip kind of pop out to the side? If so, that lets us know that we're kind of letting ourselves rest into that hip. So standing on one leg and just trying to stand nice and tall, so we're standing over that leg, not letting our hip kind of rest into itself. That's another thing that we can start to try and become aware of. And trust me, if you stand on one leg for a minute for the rest of your life on each side every day, you're going to be a lot more functional in walking and doing all sorts of functional activities. Exactly. And then you don't have to be thinking about, well, how am I stepping and how am I doing this, right? We want to take the stress away from, you know, what is my body doing in every single step? Because we want to build unconscious way of walking, of being without having to say, is my back turned on? Is my core on? Is this happening? Because you shouldn't be having to walk through life like that. So, but if we build better habits outside and just say, what are the things I'm neglecting and how can I sprinkle that in throughout my day? That's when we start to become, not have to think about all of these little practices, every single movement. And we just free up our bodies in terms of pain and function and ability so much more. Uh, The other thing I wanted to go into is like a lot of the times when we're looking at knee pain, right? One of the things that usually gets programmed are hip exercises. And this is because, you know, again, exactly what Dom was talking about. If the hip is, you know, kind of getting weak or anything, building up like clams and, and bridges and these common glute exercises with the band around the knees or a band around the ankles that we've probably mm-hmm. heard about, which are great. But Dom and I like to go into a foundation prior to even like, okay, that's still an external part of the hip that we're building. We have to build from the internal portion before we build on the external portion. Yeah. So that brings us back around to something we talk about all the time, which is this core and breath and being aware of and using our pelvic floor, the transverse abdominis, which is this big core set that we have around the diaphragm and how that is pumping and working for us. I know in Jen's optimal body workouts, she has core workouts, core one through core four every month. And my, personally, my favorite workouts, and I'm somebody who is an athlete, I always thought I had good core strength. My favorite workouts are core one, the simplest ones, because when I do those, I truly feel that inner core activating so that I can then use the outer core to actually move being those glutes, the muscles of the hip, you know, the other back muscles that I'm 
foundationally supporting myself so that I feel like I can safely move without getting the different hip clicking or the other issues that I used to experience a lot. So making sure that we have a solid foundation to move from without compensating with our inner core movement. Exactly. So when we build that inner core, we're just going to help to stabilize. Then those other exercises like the clams, the bridges, the all that kind of stuff become way more effective when we start at our foundation and when we address the feet, um, especially when we're talking like IT band is really common in runners, right? Yeah. And what are the shoes that runners are usually wearing? Yeah, a lot of arch support. You know, it doesn't give their toes much room to move. So we're just kind of jamming our toes into the end of a shoe. Exactly. And so when your feet are just in that kind of compressed position a lot, we lose the ability to really use the bottom of the feet, those muscles that help to propel us forward and work for us. And we're relying on that shoe a lot. And that's why people end up you know, utilizing and buying so many different shoes because we're looking for that external fix mm-hmm. when though, yes, I, I, shoes we love to talk about and they're, they're supportive, but we have to address what's happening internally. And that's where Again, coming back to the toes, coming back to the feet and just activating, waking up, exploring rather than being obsessed of how they're moving. But like outside of shoes, outside of walking, can you move your toes? Can you move your feet? Can you balance on one foot? Yeah. And that's not to go to say every runner should take their shoes off and start running running around barefoot. (laughs) We'll probably have more issues if we all of a sudden just start going to barefoot running. But just understanding that we've been relying on those shoes to provide support for the longest time. And that's probably or could be making us compensate somewhere else because our feet aren't acting the way they're supposed to. Exactly. So it's it becomes really basic, actually, when we look at IT band, <laughs> rather than smashing out the IT band, rather than, you know, worrying about directly what is happening at my knee. But if we just start looking, what is my foot doing? Can I balance on one foot? Can I use my glutes? Can I use my inner core? And you just start working through these things consistently, you will notice, I promise, you will notice significant changes at how you feel at your knees. Another one of those cases that where the pain is and where you think the issue is, it ain't. You got to do a little more explanation and hopefully this has helped you think through some of those things that you can start to work into. There we go, wrapping up yet another amazing PT Pearl on IT band syndrome, how to get rid of that pain in your knee going down that IT band. Hopefully you're learning some amazing tips and tricks. Please let us know what you want to have these future PT Pearls on. What are the issues you're having? What topics would you love us to dive into more? Because of course, we're only making these things for you. And if you are loving it, if you haven't yet, subscribe, leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcasting app. That just lets us get seen more and more by other people that we want to bring this information to. So tune in next week. We have more of these PT Pros coming. And of course, leave us your recommendations on what you want those to be on that we can help you find your optimal body.